So um, there are several challenges that you will face as a dean, especially when you're a new dean that I have here in my book. So I'm going to go over a couple of them. Um, dealing with change. As you know, I came into education as a dean, so um, I didn't know what the change would be at that point in time. But however, as I moved up in my career from dean to to administrator, assistant principal, training deans, I saw the difference when you had a dean who was coming into a school from somewhere else. So the school community had no previous connection with this this person. So this person was just the dean. There was no background history. There was nothing to be like, yo, you were my friend before, or you were the teacher down the hallway from me. None of that existed. Those particular people tended to fare pretty well, you know, as far as that transition or coming to the school community. However, those who were already in the school community who took it upon themselves to be like, you know, I want that role. How do I put it? They struggled. Because think about this. One moment, you're a teacher. Teaching gym, you're teaching science, you're teaching ELA, English English language arts, for those of you who are not from New York City. Um, Whatever it may be, you're teaching that thing. Then you had an inkling in your mind that you wanted to become the dean, but the, the opportunity was there, or maybe your administration, maybe your principal or assistant principal says, hey, I think this might be a good job for you, because look at how well you handle your kids, your parents love you, you are popular across the campus, you'll be the perfect dean, because kids will listen to you. But that transition, that change, um, comes on two, maybe three particular folds. First, your colleagues. All of a sudden, you're now responsible for making them very aware of their, you know, if there is a lacking in the ability to control their classrooms. Because you're going to find out certain teachers who might have been your friends who are constantly sending kids out of the classroom, constantly doing things to agitate kids, constantly doing things to create a, a heightened environment in their classrooms. And as the dean, you're the one who has, has to respond to it. Most schools have one dean, you know, um, if some if there's a bigger campus, you might have multiple deans for like multiple houses if you have a housing system. But most schools usually have one dean, at least here in New York City, and that dean is dealing with all the problems in the building. So if you have one teacher who's continually coming to you or sending kids out of the classroom, you're gonna have to deal with that. Now that's a child, you might have to deal with the teacher and be like, hey, here are the policies in my school in, in my school, in our school, that says this is what you have to do. And you're not doing that. If anything, you're creating more of a problem for me as a dean, because I'm dealing with situations that most of the time are minuscule and you could have dealt with, but instead I had to deal with it. Now, imagine having that conversation with a friend, someone who at one point in time, you were cool. You know, maybe happy hour, hanging out with them, you know, maybe birthday parties, and all of a sudden you're now in the position of really an administrator, even though you might not be the administrator officially, you're still maybe teacher line, you're really a teacher leader, but here and now you have to deal with that. And it's hard. And I've had to advise deans on this. And I, my question, my thing to them, I tell them is this, 
when you make that transition to becoming a dean, it is the reality of the position. Um, same thing if you decide to become, go from being a teacher in the school you've taught in for years to become an assistant principal or maybe the principal. All of a sudden, you cannot be the same person you were before. You can still be, I'm, I'm going to take that back. You can still be the same person that you were as far as just a human being. But however, professionally, there are now new requirements that's put upon you that you now have to address and, and move in a certain way to, to, to make sure the school is moving in a manner that is safe for everyone, which means you're going to have to address your former colleagues and it will be in ways that they don't like. And often, <laughs> I hate to say this, often I've seen this happen 100%, um, and at least in my experience, you will have those people who will turn on you and be like, you changed. It's like winning the lottery. You changed. You know, back in the day before you won the lottery, you were, you know, this is how you'd be treated. And that's something you're going to have to deal with. And this might also happen with students who, at one point in time, you were cool because you were their cool teacher. But now as a dean, you might not be as cool because now you have to enforce rules for, across the schools, across, I mean, across the school, requiring you to not be as lenient as you were as a teacher. But, Leniency is something that, that I really believe can still be done as a dean as long as you're coloring within the lines and not going so far outside the lines that you're allowing things to happen that could be detrimental to the school. So um, dealing with change and same, thing, and same thing will happen with parents as well. Parents who thought you were like, hey, you were awesome when you were teaching my kid and now you're the dean. My kid did what? And what has to happen next? And you become the target of their scorn because all of a sudden now you're, you're, you are a figure of authority. Um, another challenge is, is balancing roles and responsibilities. But as a dean, be, the role itself is not clearly defined. Um, every school, like I said before in previous videos, every school needs something different. If you're in a school where the issue is not behavior, behavior and your job is just to really maintain the balance of culture across the school, then you don't you don't have to deal with a lot of the fights and things like that, you know. But if you're in a school where there are, you know, where things are a little bit more tumultuous and you have to be more, you know, um, of a disciplinarian, then you have to do that. You have to function in that space. Um, that's where understanding school community is very important. And like I said in the previous video, before you pursue the position, before you accept the position, find out what is the exact school needs of you and are you capable of actually doing that? And is there going to be the resources to actually equip you to be able to do that? But one of the, one of the dirty, dirty little secrets about being a dean is one of those jobs that is not that hard to get. It's also one of those positions that is not so hard to be fired from, you know, to be removed. I mean... It's a fact of the matter. If you're not being effective, you're gone like that. So so I've seen people who are really good, who are well-meaning, but they just couldn't handle it. But in their minds, the expectation that they had was not in line with what the school needed. And often what happens is the expectations and the school's expectations are never documented. So what ends up happening is you have two people, you have two entities functioning in a, in a capacity that's not truly in line what, what the school needs, and you have problems there. So roles, roles and responsibilities is a big, big, big challenge. 
Um, again, I'm, I'm, this is chapter eight of the book, so I'm here. I mean, I just want to highlight the most important ones. Um, <clears throat> okay, now, addressing, addressing behavioral issues. <clears throat> this is a big one. You have those people out there who are just like, listen, the rule book says this. You were chewing gum, so you have to have detention, but you were chewing gum. But no, if this child has ADHD and maybe gum helps them stay centered and focused, it's not the goal to keep them centered and focused so they can actually be engaged in the classroom. So would you still want to give that child detention? And I'm telling you this, I've had those kids. As a matter of fact, I was that kid. You know, if you've seen any of my previous videos, you will know that I was I was a um, special education student. And today I learned, I, I didn't learn a term, but I, I, ch I was t told a term that I'm going to be using moving forward. Because I think it's very powerful. It's called an exceptional student. I was an exceptional student. And um, my, my, issue was it wasn't even an issue it was just natural this is how god made me i had a hard time focusing you know the flutter of the of the of the um what you call it blinds in the classroom would take my attention away so whatever was being said all of a sudden was none it was not it was null and void so often i would do things and get in trouble for things that i didn't was there was never intentional you know, so this is something where I say to be a dean, you have to almost have a sixth sense. You have to look beyond the incident itself. Yes, there are certain things that there is no way around them. A kid, a kid pulls out a weapon in, in the school building. You have to address that. That has to be handled. Yes, there, there, there should be um, strategies put in place to support that child. You know, supports in place to support that child. But however. There are certain things that has to still follow the guidelines because, you know, for the sake of safety of everyone. But in the general day of, of the dean, the general life, life, like, you know, life day of the dean, you don't get so many things that if you just went by the book, you would only make your, you would only create um, a barrier of building a relationship with kids. Um. I had the gum one all the time. The rule book says this kid cannot chew gum. And this kid was chewing gum in my classroom. Okay, they were chewing gum. Were they doing anything else disruptive? No. But the rule book says no chewing gum, that, that you can't chew gum in the classroom. And I had, as Dean, had to now ask myself, okay, is this a rule that's been there for a long time? Yes. Why is the rule there? Because kids were putting gum on the table and all the other stuff. Okay. Hey, Mr. Principal, can we talk about this? Yes, certain kids that we know based on research that chewing gum is actually good for their kinesthetic learning. Um, there, I know schools that many, not even I know schools, many schools who actually give kids candy and gum doing major exams, a little bit for the sugar. Number two, just the motion of chewing keeps them active. So, do you suspend a whole room of kids chewing gum during the test because you know there's no gum allowed in the school? Or you ask yourself, why is the gum a problem? Oh, the kids are putting gum on the table. Okay, maybe that's the issue. If you, if your desk, if you are caught putting gum on the table, then it needs to be addressed. Here's the policy. If you're chewing gum, put it, put it, you know, throw it in the trash can, or whatever the case may be. 
create that situation so you don't have to deal with that. And often you find those situations. You have a kid who's like, I walked out of the classroom. Why? I need to use the bathroom. The teacher said I could use the bathroom. Then you find out, okay, this kid could pee on themselves and that's going to be another issue. Now, how do we make sure that we address that? Or this kid is always in the, in the hallway and they're never going to the bathroom. Then you address that individual child. So like things like that, addressing behavior is very, very it's one of those things that Dean, it, you have to really think outside of the box and really listen and figure out what's really going on here, how to address it. Um, I wanna, I'm gonna throw one more in here. You know, there, there's actually um, 10 in the book, but a challenge I'm gonna add in here is one that's very, very important. And this is one of the reasons that many deans don't stay in for too long in the position. Um, stress and burnout. You often have situations where you have um, deans that are amazing and they go hard. They go into the position and they go hard and they're putting hours in. Let me tell you one thing about being a dean. You have an incident and most people who are involved in it have to write these reports. And you might find yourself at work beyond your regular, your regular scheduled hours. And then you're asking yourself like, man, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. You know, um, and I've had it where I've been at, at, in the office till eight, eight, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night because there was a major incident. Multiple kids were involved. After our report, I had to enter into the system. I had to call in. I had to call parents to do all these different things. And somebody might say, why don't you do it tomorrow? Because tomorrow, when I walk into the building, it, I'm not excluded from dealing with other things that might arise in the moment, in the next day. So what I want to do, I want to close up my day. So tomorrow, when I'm dealing with other things, I don't have this other thing hanging by, you know, hanging over my head. So that's, if there's other issues that I have to document, then now it's not being compounded. So um, the issue with that is this, especially if you're really effective about doing your job, it leads to, it, could, it can lead to burnout and super stress. But you're always going and going and going. As a dean, um, I remember... Um, I'll, I, I can walk into the building from arrival to dismissal to being there till late at night, making sure everything was handled for the day and realize I didn't have lunch. I probably didn't even use the bathroom because I was just going, 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 going. And that's not healthy. So um, burnout is a real thing. That's why I really believe it's very important that you set yourself on a schedule. Tell yourself, um, this is how my day is going to be structured. With, and with actually scheduled breaks, meaning if it's if my if my break is fifth period, there's an assistant principal or the principal who's going to step in for me, or somebody else is going to step in for me, so I can have that hour break. Let me tell you something. It took me three years, actually longer than that, but I said three years for me to recognize that that was something I had to do. Then beyond that three years, I just had to force myself because I would always have a schedule for a schedule, a daily schedule. And I often would break that schedule and, and be like, don't worry, I got this. I, there's so much, too much going on, but it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Some people can do it, but most people honestly don't realize they can't do it until they, until they get sick or they just get fed up and walk away from the position. So again, these are challenges from um, my book from classroom to Dean of students. 
that um, it's kind of, it's really a simple guidebook that tells you like every chapter is reminding you repetitively, communicate relationships. You know, like all these are the things you need to do. You know, to make sure that you have a successful transition from the classroom to being dean of students. And um, that's it for now. All right. With that being said, be well. Until next time. All right. Peace.